You are listening to the Intentionally International Podcast, created and hosted by Anitra Kitts and Matthew Lafferty. This is the second half of our interview with the Reverend Terry MacArthur, the Minister of Music and Choir Director at the English-speaking congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church of Geneva. In this second episode in our two-part series with Terry, we hear how Terry explains the nuts and bolts and the how-to strategy to sing, pray, and dance with God's people all over the world, particularly in English-speaking congregations. You know, thinking about a congregation that is in a moment of reflection and saying, you know, we look around our congregation, we look at how we worship, and we notice that we don't capture the the fullness, the richness of, of the diversity that we have. What could we do as first steps to to lead into thinking about how maybe through liturgy, maybe through through music, that, that we can can include the the traditions from from others within the congregation that aren't being expressed or utilized in worship? So a couple of simple things to just do. One is say the Lord's Prayer in many languages, all together. That's simple. Some people will hate it, but most will glory in the sound. You, you, all of a sudden you hear all these languages around you and, it, and for many people, this is really wonderful. And it's very simple. You're not changing anything in the liturgy, just inviting people to use their own language. So that's a very simple thing to do. A second simple thing to do is once in a while have somebody read a text in their own language, a biblical text, and you print it in English so, uh, or read it in English afterwards if you don't use a bulletin so that we, we hear the sound of that person's voice in their own language. I don't know if you're aware, people sound differently in English than they sound in their own language. You actually hear the inflection of their natural voice when they're not trying to put an English vowel sound, an English diphthong on it. So you hear their voice in a different way. So that's also very simple and easy to do. Then the next step, I think, would be kind of a series of listening and questions to ask people, not in a big group, but more in small groups or as a worship committee, what might you bring from your culture that would enhance what we do here? What might you bring from your culture into our worship service that where we could learn from you? What might we bring from your culture that would make you feel at home? There I would use the home question. Uh, and, and then you try and have conversations about that amongst people. Because let's be honest, what makes some people at, feel at home makes other people feel really weird. If somebody says, for instance, in some culture, that can be a very divisive issue. If somebody says, well, you know, the prayer here is really dull. Nobody prays from the spirit because they come from a culture where prayer is noisy and people are sort of yelling and screaming all the time or they're all praying all at the same time. One has a kind of clash in the midst of that. But then how to, as a 
community learn to listen to that and say, well, maybe we can't do that, or can you, maybe we take a moment and you show us what that's like. Those are hard things. It takes a long time. But the question of what might you bring, what might you offer, and that, it, that it's an honest question, and that we take long enough to listen to find the things that are wonderful. Because sometimes when you ask this question, people will sing, well, I would just love it if we sang Amazing Grace every week. That's what I would love. And, and okay, now, but if, if your face goes funny at that point and saying, well, Amazing Grace, big cultural thing from Kenya, Amazing Grace. Or if they say, well, let's sing Amazing Grace in Swahili. Oh my God, learning Swahili, four verses of Amazing Grace. If the face goes bad at that point, people communicate, you communicate, you got an answer you didn't like. Then they shut down sometimes. Oh, I don't want to risk getting more answers that this person doesn't like. So sometimes you have to really accept the answers that aren't so helpful for your, your purposes, but are important to that person. And so maybe you need to sing Amazing Grace two weeks and maybe sing one, well, okay, we can't sing five verses in Swahili, maybe we can sing one verse. And then I think it's about the fourth time when you get the most interesting thing. Fourth or fifth go in, when somebody comes and says, well, you know, I have this song that we sang as a kid. Maybe our congregation could learn it. Then, then that's the thing you really want. But if you shut down the first things, or say, wow, we know amazing grace, rah, 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 you never get to point four where it becomes wonderful. One of Terry's recommendations for how a congregation can ease into inclusive worship is making weekly use of the ecumenical prayer calendar from the World Council of Churches. So the ecumenical prayer cycle is a cycle of prayer for, that goes from country to country so that all the countries of the world are prayed for over the course of the year. This is done by the World Council of Churches, and you can find it on the World Council of Churches website. And in addition, you find resources there. Quite often there's a prayer from one of those countries. Sometimes there's a song that's quite simple and usable, so quite quickly able to be taken. And usually with copyright permission as part of the deal, so not having to worry about all those things. What this does, is it gives a reason also to do some multicultural things. It's the, I said this before, but I say it again. We not only pray for those other folk, we sing with, or we pray with, and we receive their gifts. So they are not just those other folks, those poor slobs in some other part of the world. They are people who have gifts and they enrich our Christian life. They enrich our spirituality. They enrich our possibilities for praising God. So that's a simple, disciplined way of beginning to go at this. So one starts simply praying. This week we're praying for uh, Uganda, Sudan, South Sudan. So let's pray for them. We remember them, da-da-da-da. So that's the starting point. That's step one. 
then maybe step two is if you have somebody from that country, they pray that week, maybe using one of their languages. And then step three is maybe, now let's sing with these folk. Find a simple song, very simple, few words that you can sing in, in another language. Let's just try singing with them. And, and that's how it starts. That, what I have just outlined, is a three-year process, by the way. Not three weeks. That would be the next thing. Go slow. Go slow, go slow. Talk, listen, go slow. I mean, we, we've been talking for an hour, and, and I don't know, Nitra, if you, you have anything else, or Terry, you would like to say anything else. There's uh, Certainly, there are many things we could talk about. There, of course, are many great things and uh, rich, rich nuggets, uh, many of them in, in our conversation. So I really appreciate you sharing with us. Anitra, is there anything else you want to? No, um, it, I'm excited that um, here's somebody. There's a lot of the stuff I've been starting to think about. And, and he, um, Terry's already there and, and about five miles down the road ahead of me. So that's been a pleasure to, to sit with and to listen to. So thank Remember, you. Remember, that's 30 years down the road. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, we were in this place. We've been in this place now for about 20. All right. The first 10 years were the, and I can even tell the story of, I can pinpoint the shift. Go ahead. Of when the shift happened. Yeah. The the shift happened when we were doing an Easter Eve vigil service. And we started underneath the cathedral because there was an archeological site there with ancient baptismal fonts. We had a pouring rain. We did the start of the vigil in this place, the cathedral, which is very close to our church. We hear their bells all the time. So we had to come down in the pouring rain. We did the service of the word and communion in our church after being in this ancient, ancient site. And we sang things which for now are common. You are holy, uh, the Caribbean Alleluia. And they exploded. Something in that moment exploded. And it was not in the liturgy the next morning, Easter Sunday, that we should sing either you are holy or the Caribbean Alleluia or things from other parts. But we did it anyway. Because it had so exploded the night before. By exploded, I mean the congregation just kind of went with it. And that became so obvious to us how could we not do Easter Sunday with some of that? Now, it didn't explode the next day like it exploded the night before. But it let us know how joyous we could be. And then we didn't want to go back to just being stayed. We could dance. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. And so, if one can dance... Once one dances, it's not that we dance every Sunday, we don't. But we usually dance on Easter Eve, and people come expecting us to dance on Easter Eve. That's become part of Easter Eve, we dance. And once you dance on Easter Eve, how could you think of Easter Eve without dancing? It's the night of the resurrection. 
so it became part of us, you see. It didn't become something added in. It became part of us. And now the German congregation joins us on Easter Eve, except for this year when nobody was doing Easter Eve live. And they dance too. And we learned the Germans love to dance as much as we do. And we thought they were staid and, you know, wouldn't like this at all. Uh, they dance along with us. They come to dance as well. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that was more there's nothing more. No, 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 there's just nothing you can say to that right. other than <laughs> hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. Preach it. Right, right. I mean, you just stand there and go, yeah. Ah, uh, it does take, uh, I mean, one of my skills is I love to get congregations to sing and to move. And I don't know quite how I do that, but I know I can do that. And that's a big help. So it takes someone who is comfortable leading people in doing this. If you have a choir director who is not comfortable, don't do it because the discomfort shows. Uh, or do it in a smaller group so that person can become comfortable before they, they become. Likewise, if the pastor is uncomfortable, that shows. And the pastor signals, uh, I'm not so sure about this. Uh, so one needs to work really hard beforehand about what we are comfortable with so that when we lead these things together, there is this sense of, yes, come on, folks, it's okay. We know what we're doing. Well, we don't know what we're doing, but it's okay. The Spirit will be with us, and it'll be all right. You come along, and they do. But if, if the music person is saying, you come along, and the pastor is shown by their body language, well, I'm not sure I want to put my foot there, then it builds, it doesn't work then. It doesn't take many people in the congregation to kill the spirit. So it takes the leadership and the choir also. I, I have the choir with me. We practice the dance before Easter Eve. And I'm quite intentional about that. Uh, that's important, I think. Did you get it all? Were you taking notes? Turns out Terry wasn't finished with us yet. He still had one more piece of advice, which we'll close with here. So uh, let, me, let me say something else that may be useful. I try and use always a mode of inviting. You are invited to sing in this language. Quite sometimes the English is there. If I feel it gets too hard, I also talk about the ecumenical la-la. If you can't say the words, then you can participate by saying la, 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 and that's fine. God even understands our la, 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 and that's okay. So I try to give people space not to struggle too hard. This episode is our last in our first season of the Intentionally International podcast. We are already planning our second season and look forward to bringing you more thought-provoking practitioners and experts on English-speaking congregations in non-English-speaking countries. I am the Reverend Matthew Lafferty, and together with the Reverend Anitra Kitts, we produce this podcast, 
intentionally international. Thank you.